0: Tanzania has long been recognized as a stable country more advanced in its democracy than many other countries in East Africa. Though that democracy was certainly imperfect and flawed, there did exist a degree of press freedoms, a robust civil society, and multiple political parties. But over the last few years, elements of Tanzanian democracy have been curtailed. The country is now in the midst of what scholars would call a democratic backslide. This occurs when the state uses its power to weaken institutions that sustain democracy like civil society and a free press. A key inflection point in this process of democratic backsliding was the 2015 election of President John Magufuli. Magufuli is very much a populist. His nickname is the bulldozer and he came to power on a pledge to stamp out corruption. But he's shown himself, in recent months, to be increasingly intolerant of dissent. Since taking office, he's enacted laws to severely restrict press freedom. Many journalists have been arrested and political opponents silenced. But according to my guest today, Konstantin Manda, the process of democratic backsliding really began under the previous administration – And for reasons he explains in this episode, these erosions are accelerating. Constantine Manda is a Tanzanian national and a PhD candidate in the Department of Political Science at Yale University, where he studies African politics. And I think you'll find this conversation to be a very even-handed explanation of what's happening in Tanzania today and why what happens in Tanzania is of consequence to the rest of the world. So, Tanzanian politics is obviously not a subject that gets a lot of coverage uh, in much Western media, so I should tell you, I think, how I came to this story. So, uh, as part of my work with Dawn's Digest, the news clip service I put together every day that is available to premium subscribers to the show, I read news clips, and I read news from Africa and, and from other parts of the world, and I just kept coming across stories about journalists being arrested or disappeared even in Tanzania, which is a country that was not a place where journalists had, you know, so frequently gone missing in in the way that they have in recent years. Uh, So I decided to inquire further. That inquiry led me to the episode you are about to hear. So here is my conversation with Constantine Monda of Yale University. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube.
1: You know, the way I see it is a lot of the stuff that's going on isn't necessarily new. In some sense, it's kind of an intra-elite battle. You know the the previous kind of elite created these laws, had been kind of doing similar things. Um, you know because they kind of they didn't anticipate um, you know a change of guard. Um, and the 2015 elections was a bit of a mess, and they ended up on the on the kind of on the on the opposing team within the ruling party, including the former president. And so what we're seeing now is the kind of new you know, folks in charge saying, you know, it's now our turn to rule. And because they're not, you know, they don't have that kind of solid political capital, they don't have the, you know, the the kind of uh, political brokers who, you know, network that that you need to kind of sustain a winning coalition within the ruling party. They're, uh, in some sense, forced to be more ruthless um, than the previous guard. But in some sense, you know, um, the number and frequency may have gone up, uh, but certainly the the, the tactics, um, certainly the intensity, the uh, the impunity to which um, you know some of these um, things have been done, is, is certainly isn't uh, isn't new. How
0: dramatic has the change in the political and civic landscape in Tanzania been over the last few few years, particularly in terms of like freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, those kinds of things?
1: You know, on the one hand, there we've seen kind of more increasing uh, incidents of journalists um, kind of uh, being harassed. Um, there is one or two journalists that have um, kind of gone missing um, as we speak. Uh, currently, the journalist uh, Eric Cabendera, who's being held by police and, and being charged with various crimes, um, some of which include kind of financial crimes. And, and he's being held without bail. And so forth. Um, on the other hand, um, a lot of the trends that we're seeing in Tanzania it, are a part of a general kind of status quo um, on how uh, kind of Tanzanian the Tanzanian state kind of deals with opposition. So, for instance, um, although these kidnappings and 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 um, and people kind of disappearing. Um, have become certainly more salient and and more visible and probably more numerous. Uh, There have been situations in the past before the Magufuli uh, administration, the current uh, president of Tanzania, um, of situations that are kind of very similar in terms of suspicious or related to um, or people have been kind of relating them to the government. So, for instance, um, in the previous administration, there was a nationwide uh, doctor strike and uh, the spokesperson for the for the doctors, you know, was um, tortured and and, and found, um, you know, kind of left for dead. Um, and you know, people have speculated that, obviously, given that the government was in negotiation with the doctors' association, the doctors' union, at the time, it's it's it was it was um, kind of you know obviously related to um, to people related it to to the state intervening um, on behalf of this uh, of this of this of the government on, you know and negotiating with the doctors. So um, you know, so my my take on on, on the issue is. There is some dramatic uh, differences in some areas, but for the most part it, it is in many ways how the the state has run its affairs or has been you know kind of accused of running its affairs in terms of how they manage elections, how they manipulate um, candidate space, voter space to ensure that uh, that the ruling party that has been winning, elections uh, since in the you know since independence uh, practically in 1961 um, continue to do so um, um, continue to do so to the present day uh,
0: yeah so maybe can we take a step back like can you explain who is uh, John Magufuli? how did he come to power and and gain traction in office
1: yes uh, so president John Magufuli is the Tanzanian president. He's been president since 2015. He was elected um, at the end of October of 2015. He is a chemical engineer by profession and he's been a cabinet minister um, across two previous administrations since the mid 1990s. Um, And he is very famous as being kind of uh, a very hands on, no nonsense kind of uh, cabinet minister um in charge of a lot of the kind of construction of roads and 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 and, and other things um, related to infrastructure um And, you know, in the 2015 um, nomination for the ruling party, he was able to secure the nomination and then um, ended up uh, winning the general election.
0: And he had like this reputation, right? They call him the bulldozer. Uh, I've seen that's his his nickname for kind of, you know, as the name would suggest by just kind of getting things done and running roughshod over people to kind of cut through the bureaucracy. That was the, the reputation he was running on. Right.
1: That is exactly right. So he has a reputation of kind of not being very, uh, um, you know, um, you know, not being very, um, uh, you know, has a reputation of, of basically trying to to not take kind of um, inefficiencies, um, you know, kind of uh, with with the kind of status quo, um, letting people get away with with corruption and so forth and, and so the bulldozer nickname uh, preceded his presidency um, and uh, and he was actually uh, in some sense um, at, at a couple of points during the last administration um, kind of was at odds with the president on several things so for instance um, Dar es Salaam has a ferry that um, ferries people from um, the kind of business district the central business district to um, another part of, of the city and he had uh, hiked prices for 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 that ferry, uh, and people protested. You know that you know that the prices were were, were too high, um, and he made uh, public remarks that uh, if people didn't want to use the ferry, that they could just swim across the channel. Um, and the president kind of had to kind of step in and say uh, it's okay. You know, you know, kind of because you know the previous president was is very famous for being more kind of populist and more politically. Um, Savvy in that sense, and um, in, 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 in many ways, kind of too politically savvy, um, and so he, you know, overruled his minister and said it's okay. You know, the prices don't need to go up, and kind of capitulated to the to the public demands. Um, and so that is a kind of very kind of early on indication to the kind of uh, presidency we're seeing now, where you know public demands or necessarily um, you know, political considerations aren't the only thing that, uh, that are going to go into the decision-making process.
0: And, you know, it seems from the, the reporting that I've read that initially early in his administration, you know, he, he was kind of popular for um, cracking down on corruption. He imposed a, a ban on foreign travel for a lot of ministers, which is seen as sort of a, an avenue for potential graft. I mean, is, was that reputation early on well-deserved?
1: Yes, so uh, I think in many ways, like like any presidency, the first hundred days are, are you know kind of euphoric uh, for for any president. Um, the local uh, East, you know Dar salaam based East African uh, research NGO Twaweza, actually has um, polling data um, up until last year um um on this, so right after his election, um about a couple of months after his election, you know he had about almost a hundred percent um approval rating that fell um to seventy seven percent and the last data point that we have is from um last year, which was uh fifty eight um fifty eight percent um or fifty five percent so um, the we we you know Tuarez has since been um, facing a lot of restrictions on publishing further polling data. Uh, its executive director has had his passport seized. Um, on the grounds that his citizenship is um, being investigated. Um, and so we don't have any reliable data on his popularity. But I will say that my um, you know, reading of the situation is that although Magufuli may not be popular among certain subsets of the Tanzanian elite, he certainly, I think, um, carries still considerable support among um, the kind of you know poorer uh, uh, populations, especially in urban areas.
0: He's got that populist appeal that many authoritarians seem to have.
1: I would imagine that if we were to do a poll and look at it based on kind of the you know income distribution, we would find that he still holds uh, kind of a you know at least a, a majority of of Tanzanians, uh, support, um, you know, rural and urban, but certainly, you know, when I, um, I'm taking, you know, Uber rides in Dar es Salaam, um, and, uh, and we discuss politics with the driver, um, there are certainly a lot of people, um, that are, have different views from the kind of educated elite, the economic elites that I, mm-hmm. that I also happen to kind of hear from.
0: So I mean you just mentioned that this polling firm the that uh you know used to be able to conduct and publish polling data is no longer able to um that seems to be sort of one um example among many of the kinds of repressive policies that have been enacted over the last, you know, two or three years since Megawati came to office. After that kind of hundred, you know, day period of of a honeymoon, uh, he seems to have cracked down on political opposition, um, both through targeting individuals. You mentioned the journalist Eric Cabandera, but also through legislation, right? Like like Cyber Crimes Act and media restrictions. Can you talk a little bit? About, um, like the modus operandi here, um, how this repression is is working to silence critics every every day.
1: Right. Um, so 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 one one critical point is that a lot of these laws, including the Media Services Act, um, the uh, Cyber Crimes Act, uh, and in many ways also the Statistics uh, Bill, although the Statistics Bill. Um, was kind of, you know, more related to his administration. The other um, kind of um, pieces of legislation that are attributed to kind of, you know, cracking down on civic space were actually either formulated or passed during the previous administration. Um, So even, you know, one or two of them, I think, were passed in 2015, but this was before the election. Um, and which you know goes back to my earlier point that in many ways you know magufuli is 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 uh, is a representative first and foremost of the ruling party, um, and a lot of the tools that are being used under his administration today. To limit um, the ability of journalists to um, access information and publish the news, um, the ability of research organizations like Trauwsa to publish, uh, you know, the presidential opinion polling data, all of these um, pieces of legislation were either wholly or you know mostly um, formulated under the Jakaya Kikwete administration, which ended in 2015. So, so the uh, the, the the kind of mo. Um, of a lot of these situations is exactly that, as you say. Um, you know, Traweza was approached by the Commission for Science and Technology um, in some ways in collaboration with the National Bureau of Statistics, um, and the argument that they made was, you know, you the you know the presidential opinion poll is 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 um, falls under the jurisdiction of this new law. And uh you know it's official statistics that only the government can can publish now the government has since amended uh, parts of that statistics bill um, you know in, in in large part from uh, pressure from the world Bank and and other other multilateral and bilateral donors um, to no longer make it um, a crime to publish uh, statistics, but you know they've kind of outlined the the new amendment has kind of outlined um, ways to which um, independent um, research organizations like TORESA could go about uh, publishing statistics. um, And if those statistics uh, don't agree with the National Bureau of Statistics official data, um, how to kind of reconcile the two. Um, And this has actually become an important thing um, in Tanzania today, particularly in the kind of political economy um, discussions um, both in kind of the media but also in academic circles and, and others around um, the projected economic growth for for the country um, you know there's been kind of differing figures between institutions like the IMF and the World Bank and Tanzania's own um, projected um, uh, growth rates and so um, this kind of goes back to um situations where for example an opposition member of parliament Zito Kabwe um, who had questioned uh you know the central bank's official figures um and he was you know obviously um you know arrested for um under that law of of you know the kind of previous uh, unamended law that you know he wasn't allowed to 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 publish um, any statistics that were contradicting those of the of the government so or um, you know so on the one hand, a lot of these tools that are being used in the current administration were inherited uh, from the previous administration, but they certainly aren't um, um, you know shy about uh, using the, the the levers of of, of, legis- of those legislations
0: well well so to that end, can you, Describe or or um, explain the extent to which the um, arrest of Eric Cabandera, the journalist you mentioned earlier, um, like how illustrative is that of this this kind of current moment in in Tanzania? Uh, and also, can you explain a bit who he is for those of you who've not heard of him?
1: Right, so Eric Cabandera is a very famous and and kind of veteran journalist in Tanzania and. Um, his arrest um, occurred in the wake of an article that he published, uh, which was largely discussing the uh, dismissal of her cabinet minister, who was in charge of uh, union affairs and the environment, uh, uh, um, January Makamba, who um, was famous um, for, inci- for implementing a policy of the plastic bag ban in Tanzania recently. Um And, um, you know, in the article, um, Cabendera had kind of, you know, written, you know, and, and commenting on certain speculations around why exactly uh, January um, had been had been fired by the president. Um, and, um, you know, in terms of how illustrative the, the situation is. Um, it reminds um, a lot of political historians in the country, and myself included, of an era where under the f- our first president in the 60s and 70s, where, you know, uh, there was a lot of um, kind of suspicions that the state was, um, you know, accusing a lot of people, especially the economic elites or uh, political op- opponents of um, sabotaging the economy. So this is in Kiswahili kind of a kind of very f- infamous uh, phrase about, you know, an, an economic saboteur. Um, and so Cabendera is being held at the moment, you know, kind of similar language in the charges that he's facing, um, that, you know, he's he's involved in money laundering and, and sabotaging the economy. So, in so some it's like sense, a
0: pretext of using financial crimes to crack down on a journalist for an article he wrote. Exactly. So
1: in, in many ways, you know, if if you think about some of the things that were happening under under kind of, you know, similarly, you know, kind of restrictive politically political space in Tanzania in the 60s and 70s, um, you know, that language is being used again by by opponents of of, you know, kind of journalists like Kabindera in terms of voicing their opposition to certain um, you know, moves that
0: the administration is making. So, so like why is this happening right now I mean you said earlier and you've made the point several times that that you know that this sort of kind of started under the previous administration but um the the sort of backsliding and the repression seems to sort of be accelerating in in recent months um like why 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 is this happening now
1: so I mean there are several uh possible kind of um, Reasons that both, uh, you know, Tanzanians and foreigners have kind of speculated. Um, one of the more kind of popular um, explanations is um, that, you know, President Magufuli wasn't the frontrunner for the uh, ruling party presidential candidate. So at the time, in 2015, there was a former prime minister, Edward Loasa, um was the clear favorite um, uh, for winning the uh, presidency. and there was speculation that the sitting president who um you know who had appointed him as prime minister and and then eventually uh, you know the the former prime minister had to kind of step down because of a corruption scandal, um didn't want his former prime minister to kind of win the candidacy. and he and, you know the, the the sitting president at the time um wanted um another another uh, gentleman who uh, was at a cabinet minister at the time as well um and because of that infighting um the former prime minister was um Um, kind of muscled out of that process. And, you know, there's kind of a final process where kind of rank and file members of the party vote on the final candidate. And so, you know, the sitting president knew that if that prime minister got to that stage, he would, you know, he would clearly win because he clearly had the majority of support within the party. So they kind of got rid of him uh, at, a, at the stage where where there's a kind of an ethics committee that reviews candidates and gets and you know has the the jurisdiction to kind of remove whoever they think is not um, clean enough in terms of you know you know their their record on corruption and so forth and and so that prime minister um, is speculated and his camp is speculated to kind of have ruined and spoiled um, the ruling party's nomination process to the point where um you know the only kind of middle ground candidate was magufuli um so given that he kind of was nominated in this process where everybody kind of knew that he didn't have the political capital within the party to kind of rule um you know without um without challenge uh you know the argument goes is that you know he's kind of had to kind of stack the
0: deck um towards his his um his you know ruling coalition he's like um, less tolerant of dissent because he thinks himself to be politically weak because of the circumstances in which he came to power uh,
1: and 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 maybe some of that is maybe some of that is true i mean you know we we you know you know the, the public are not privy to some of the intra elite uh, political contest within the ruling party, um, but certainly when you look at the the kind of initial cabinet within uh, within his presidency um, and the kind of reshuffling that he's done since then, including the most recent um, firing of January Makamba, he's almost certainly um, gotten um, you know uh, more of the old guard kind of out um, of the cabinet and and so that's one kind of popular theory around why it is that uh, that we are seeing a lot more crackdown and and a lot of this is is not necessarily you know, to say that uh, that the president himself is is kind of, you know, involved in, in, in these moves, it could be like, that, you know, kind of in the name of the king um,
0: actions. Hmm. So, you know, there are people in, in Tanzania who are, who are listening to this podcast episode. Um, you know, for those of us uh, around the world sort of observing and learning about this issue, probably for the first time, like, why should the rest of the world be sort of paying attention right now to events in in Tanzania to the potential for further you know democratic backsliding and the erosion of of you know whatever civil liberties existed?
1: Right. So uh, I mean, I think one one is for kind of geopolitical reasons within the region. Um you know, as you said, you know Tanzania's uh, democratic trend has been kind of upward. Um, since multi party democracy began in, in, the, in, the, in the early 90s. Um, and so, you know, um, a country that has been surrounded by neighbors who have either been at war with themselves or um, have never kind of successfully managed to, um, you know, sustain democracy. You know, Tanzania is an important uh, um, kind of geopolitical example that could, you know, um, was in many ways an example to kind of stop any cascade effect of further kind of um, backsliding of democracy or the, the lack of democracy in a lot of African um, countries. Um, I think the other reason is, you know, Tanzania is a fairly large, um, you know, country. Um, its economy isn't as large as, as Kenya, for example, but it's, it's, uh, it's certainly one of, one of the largest economies on the continent, uh, you know, fairly large population, 50 million plus um, and, you know, and certainly, uh, um, you know, given some of the resources in Tanzania, including natural gas, um, you know, gold and and, and, and others, um, it certainly is not um, a country that you can uh, kind of dismiss and ignore, um, particularly in the global economy.
0: Uh, lastly, you know, you've been speaking very openly about politics and political intrigue and civil liberties in, in Tanzania. Uh, like in talking to me today are, are you taking any sort of like calculated risk
1: um i don't uh, I don't think so necessarily you know I think um you know I think there's certainly uh, critics within the government uh, within the opposition that 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 um, you know it's obviously not easy for a lot of uh, opposition politicians um, you know facing uh, various kind of um, um, problems with the government, including kind of court cases, you know, kind of outright um, uh, harassment, journalists, uh, and so forth. Uh, but this, I think there's a kind of a long tradition in, in Tanzania to kind of allow um, academic discourse. And although, you know, it's not the same today, but I think academics kind of get a free pass um, in terms of kind of being, um, you know, um, Curators of, of of political discussion and debate, and um, and so I I don't see myself as as necessarily um, taking a risk in in discussing these things because you know from an academic point of view, uh, from a political scientist uh, point of view, you know political debate is 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 in many ways um, you know still fairly. Um, tolerable, um, you know, tolerated by the government and, and even, even among kind of, you know, kind of the educated elites that, that, uh, and educated elite spaces uh, that I, that I, that I uh, inhabit as well. I mean, there's still, you know, kind of, um, uh, you know, vibrant debate, um, you know, without kind of any suspicion that somebody among the group is, is going to kind of um, get somebody else in trouble um, with, with the state.
0: Well, that, that's good to know. Um, well, well, thank you so much, Constantine. This was very helpful. Thank you, Mark. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Constantine. That was a very even handed and helpful explanation of the current political situation in Tanzania, something I'll definitely be monitoring in the uh, months to come. So I mentioned at the outset of the episode that I came to this story through my work with Dawn's Digest. Uh, this is the news clips service I put together every single day. Those daily news clips delivered to your inbox is just one of the bonuses that become available to premium subscribers. You can become a premium subscriber, support the show, support my work by going to patreon.com globaldispatches global dispatches or following the links on global dispatches podcast. Dot com thank you for your support and we'll see you next time bye